very first step is like becoming aware of something. So like having that awareness and then giving it the acknowledgement, right? So like feeling into what you just became aware of, like giving it space to be and like learning from it and then like fully accepting it. Hey guys, welcome to our SoulFam podcast where I interview space holders from all over the world. I'm your host, my name is Carolina, and I am the Connection Catalyst. I help spiritual entrepreneurs experience deeper connection with themselves, with others, and with the universe. Today on the show, we have Karena Soto, the life and relationship coach. Welcome to the show, Karena. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so good. Thank you so much, Carolina. I'm so excited to be here. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm super excited as well, especially yeah. that we're going to touch upon the topics of relationships today uh, with the self and with the other people. And it's a very, very important topic, I feel, because literally everything about life is relationships, is not only the relationship to self, but also our relationship to money, our relationship to food, our relationship uh, with uh, our work. Everything in life is relationships. So if we can really dive into this topic and learn how to develop healthy relationships, and I guess it all starts with the relationship to ourself that you're an expert on, that's what you guide people uh, to do, uh, then I feel like our whole life can shift because the whole life is relationships. So uh, it's really an interesting and I think very, very significant topic to talk about. But before we dive into this uh, topic, I would love to know what is your story? How did you start being a life and relationship coach and also why you chose relationship with the self as the main uh, theme of your work? Yeah, that's a really great question. I'm so glad that you asked. Um, I've been coaching for four years now. Um, it was kind of all born from a breakup, if I'm being completely honest. For so long, I mean, back in college, I really wanted to be a psychologist, a therapist or something. And I didn't end up doing that. I went down the business route and I went to business school. Later on in life, I kept thinking about how can I be a life coach? How can I be a life coach? And then I was within this one relationship that was really inspiring, but also not very healthy. <laughs> there was a, a lot of trauma bonds and all these other things. But coming out of that relationship, I really kind of wanted to be like, I'm going to do this. I said I was going to do this. And then this is how my life coaching path kind of started. It started from this place of like, I talked about it so much in this relationship. Now I want to prove to myself that like I can do this and I can be a life coach. And um. I needed that energy. I think I needed that push to kind of put me in that position to finally go after a certification and start learning about life coaching because I always wanted it. Right. But I was always scared. I always fell into the butts or the what ifs or what do I do? And when I was in the middle of this breakup, there was just so much that was happening, me learning, me healing and finding myself and doing things that I like. And one of those things was the life coaching thing. So I started life coaching. I got my certification here in San Diego at the Life Purpose Institute. I did that for six months. And during that program, you get student clients. And I've had clients every single day since. Um, and it's been the most beautiful journey. And I've continued to do more certifications. Right now, I'm in a trauma-informed certification, um, learning somatic therapy and just like growing. And it's, it's such an inviting feel for myself because it's funny. I've always wanted this. So I'm finally leaning into what I've always wanted. Um, and that's why I'm here now. And to answer your question mm. as to, yeah, as to answer your question as to like why I decided to focus on the relationship with self, 
is because the more that I heal myself, the more that I work on myself, the more that I, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in my business, whether it's in related to money, like you said, it all comes back to me, my beliefs, my ego, my fear, the conversations I'm having with myself, what I believe in myself and my confident, the confidence I have in myself. So the relationship with self is so important. And I found that if I can continue to create a healthy relationship with myself that steps into the person that I want to become, the woman that I want to become and lead from that place, then everything else does fall into place if that makes sense. Um, And the Mm. blocks that I've seen either come up in business, in money, in relationships have always been within me. Like, right, it's either a trigger or a belief or something that my ego is like holding me back from like moving forward or not having the clarity on or having to heal a past um, experience that I'm holding on to that's keeping me from moving into that. So it's, that's really why I really think the relationship of self is so, so important because if we can build a really healthy relationship with self, and what I mean by that is actually knowing ourselves in in more ways than anyone else can explain, right? Like the ways that we know who we are, why we react a certain way, why we feel certain things, our history, our trauma, our background, how they show up, how they do this. It gives us so much more power to step into our own power, but as well as to be the light that we want to be, right? The person that we want to show up as, whether that is in relationship, whether that is in business, or whether that is just every single day. So, yeah. Mm, Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I totally agree that it's all about the relationship with self because we project our beliefs and our emotions onto everything, literally everything in life. So if we can have a different perspective within, then everything is going to reflect it. And I am a living example of that as well. I was working on my relationship with my parents, for example, or with my family members or whatever. And even without, let's say my dad, I had some, you know, uh, daddy wounds in the past and whatever in my childhood. And when I was working on my relationship with him, he didn't even have to be conscious of it, but he could feel and he shifted the whole relationship dynamic uh, towards me. Like if I did the you know, inner work and I released some anger, some resentment, some some stuff towards him, then he would be way nicer to me. And, you know, my relationship with my dad was so bumpy, like so fiery because, you know, I'm kind of like him and uh, he's, uh, you know, he's quite fiery. And then if he would be fiery to me and controlling and whatever, I would be like, no, you cannot control me. And then we would, we would literally fight on every meeting uh, until maybe I was like 22 years old. <laughs> Only then I had 22 23 i had my spiritual awakening i was like oh okay maybe it shouldn't be like that and only then it started shifting but he didn't really do anything else than being himself but i did so much inner work then after a year or two of inner work he was able to text me i love you which i have never really seen him doing ever before and it was just like wow actually me shifting these things this resentment anger releasing it all from my body or just really lovingly thinking about him uh, in myself within myself without him just being even around or he was even living in a different country we were not even talking about me just shifting it inside of me made him also feel on a subconscious level and super conscious probably as well uh, that okay i want to now be nice to this person i want to be you know nicer to my daughter because subconsciously there was not as much emotional charge just um 
stored on our energy strings uh, between us, right? So if I release it from my energy, then people can feel it. And it's just one example of how this can play out. And of course, like we can do it uh, in our minds, right? Because our mind are so, is so amazing that if we imagine something, it doesn't really know whether it happens in reality or whether it happens just in our imagination. So if we can imagine that we are, for example, letting things out, like uh, expressing something to a person in our mind, in our consciousness, uh, without even this person being present or even knowing about it then we can shift everything plus i feel like every relationship from the outside is reflected inside anyway so if we have any resistance to anyone from the outside there is probably an, a resistance inside of my inner child and my internal dad because we internalize our parents, uh, right? And we have all these parts that are our parents within. So if I can work on my relationship between my inner child and my yeah. inner dad, then it, it doesn't matter what happens on the outside, on the external. Yeah. Actually, I'm creating the shift and then my external reflects it massively. So I totally am, uh, you know, completely resonating with what you are saying because I feel like it's the most important to work on the relationship with self because then everything just, as you said, falls into yeah, place perfectly. No, you touched on so many things, right? Like the one thing of like back to your dad, like I resonate with that so much. And what happens when we do the inner work ourselves is that we also have a different perception of how we're seeing someone, right? Because a lot of the times when we're seeing someone from our own pain, then we're kind of manifesting that experience. Like there's all this tension that's there. So the view, so I totally relate with that so much. Um, and yeah, I was just like, as you were talking about that, it's just like, there's so many things that externally we're experiencing, but most likely it's something that's within ourselves that we are seeing within the other person. And you, you talked about this a little bit, the reflection of other people, like every single person in our lives, everything in our lives is just a mirror of what we see within. Um, and so the more that we have a mirror, and so if we type about relationships, like re relationships are just a reflection of ourselves, of the two people that are in that relationship. Um, and that can be with friendships. That can be with anyone. It doesn't necessarily have to be. It's the same thing with money. It's the same thing with business that we talked about. It's like everything is a relationship of what we see within us. So, yeah, mm. I love that you shared that. Yes, absolutely. And I have another example of what you said, how uh, your perspective can actually affect the other person and your judgment of it, because uh, I'm uh, dating this guy and it's pretty interesting because the first time we met, he had this idea that, um, okay, beautiful women are mean. So when he approached me asking about something, he already had this projection of his own mind that, oh, she's probably going to be mean, like subconsciously, right? Because we only talked about it afterwards. But the first moment he approached me, I kind of felt this like inner just push. I, I'm usually like, very open to people. I'm very open to talking to people. And I never really have any like prejudice when it comes to, oh, no, I'm not going to talk to this person. Or, oh, maybe this guy is going to be pushy or whatever. But with this guy, I was like, uh, I don't really feel like talking to him that much. I don't know why, but like, I'm just gonna, you know, answer three things and then not really talk to him anymore. And I only afterwards, when we met, uh, afterwards, I, I ran a heart opening ceremony and then, then he came. I was like, oh, I remember this person. Then we started talking after the, the second event because after the first event, I was like, I don't even really like want to connect with this person. Not really. I don't really feel, um, you know, good energy or something. And subconsciously, I didn't even know. But then when we talked about it, that he has already like, projected his image on okay pretty girls are mean or whatever something like that then I could subconsciously feel it and although I didn't know what it is and how it plays out I 
felt internal push push away and now we are you know uh, really like <laughs> getting along really well and uh, you know uh, dating and and it's all good and and sweet but the first meeting because he he was having this kind of like uh, belief system i was really like i wanted to yeah. push him away <laughs> subconsciously so it's all about how we what we do with our energy and how we project because then it can put the other person in the box and then they will kind of like act in terms of this even though they might not know why they are doing this and i'm quite an aware person yeah. you know and i still was like kind of like manipulated yeah, by this in a way it sounds like you had the <laughs> awareness and you felt the energy and you realized that you didn't want to entertain that necessarily um there's a lot of women and men that also, if that happened, they would blame themselves and be like, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? Why don't they connect with me? Why are they being so distant with me? Like, am I not pretty enough? Am I not good enough? Am I not worthy enough? And it looks like you mostly have the energy or the awareness to be like, huh, there's something closed off about him. I don't want to entertain it too much. Like I'm not going to spend my time on it. Other people will be questioning themselves so much and asking themselves, well, why isn't this person into me? Does he not think I'm pretty enough? And am I not cool enough? And they just start going inward with their energy and they kind of start to attack their their self, their inner self um, and lose that connection to their loving self. It's kind of like more hard on themselves, And that's where all the negative self-talk, the spirals come in and so on. Mm, yeah, and I think that's what happened a little bit in his case because he approached me and I was just like kind of not feeling it. So then he he was like, oh yeah, so kind of like his belief was already confirmed because okay, uh, she pushed me away, so she's probably mean. So yeah. it's like, come on, it's just your belief created this whole situation and then you're surprised that it works as you think. Isn't that like, so crazy? You know, it's quite a funny situation, but this is just no, an example. That, that's such a great story. <laughs> that's like the exact thing, the exact reason. Like it ends up being something they projected, but it was something that they created with themselves, but like it wasn't true. Like if he wasn't open to you, you guys would have had probably an amazing first initial connection. Thank goodness it continued, but there wouldn't have been that initial like, eh, gray, what am I doing kind of thing. So I feel that. Yeah, and the, the universe probably just wanted us to meet anyway because, uh, yeah, well, he came for the next event. He didn't even know that I'm running it. But, you know, if it was only one meeting, then probably we would just not uh, connect anymore. And so it's so important to be aware of your own projections and your own beliefs that you put, you know, on others. And, of course, it's, sometimes it's subconscious or you don't really, uh, cannot really do anything about it unless you, you're just like, uh-oh, okay, I had this uh, belief. Now I can see it yep. after the fact. But <laughs> if you can just be aware in the moment and be mindful of yourself in the moment and all the emotions that and all the sensations in your body that are coming up then you can avoid these kind of situations and it's really funny because you really you really get what you give in terms of like you give a belief okay this is like that and then that's what you get although i'm normally not the person who pushes people away like energetically in terms of i i don't almost ever feel uh, the push away yeah. you know from from people because i just love people i love talking to them and uh, you know i just I'm, the, I'm a connection catalyst i love connecting yeah. to everyone yeah <laughs> but it's a, it's a really interesting how how it can yeah how i can, can totally play see out. it in your energy you know you're way more open and that's the thing is like you mentioned something that's other different is like someone might be very open and they might not even realize that they're closed off right because like their body subconsciously can start to be like oh i don't feel comfortable something's wrong i i felt this before i felt this when i was five i felt this when i was four and unless you start to really pay attention to like oh my body's contracted contracting or i'm anxious or something's going on something's off then it's like okay i need to be with myself and tend to that part versus like projecting that onto the other human um which is so important 
Mm. And so that brings me to uh, a question that okay. just came to my mind. How much do you think we should spend uh, time we should spend with ourselves in order to have a very healthy relationship with ourselves and with others in terms of is there a perfect balance between me time and time with others so that we can really discover ourselves and be authentic to ourselves and really nurture this relationship yeah, with self? I think I think it's an it depends. <laughs> it, it depends on like where you are at in your journey. Um, right. Because if someone's just starting the work, right, a lot of the initial work or spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself has to do with like, you know, are you scared being alone? Why are you scared being alone? You know, like, or, you know, I have my mind that's racing or I'm super anxious all the time. Like, where is that coming from? And the key there is just to spend time learning about yourself and getting to know all parts of yourself. I think depending on where you're at in your journey, there's moments where you're going to spend weeks, months doing that. And then there's going to be seasons that you dive deep into spending your relationship, like really digging deep into yourself. And then there's going to be other seasons where you're just going to enjoy the work that you've done, right? Like you feel really, really good with like who you are, how much you've learned about yourself and who you get to be. And then to answer your question, I feel like working on the relationship with self in general, in like a more normalized sense, it's something that we should do all the time, like every day. Um, whether that is coming up in relationships or at work, just like doing check-ins with ourselves and being like, what's going on with me? What's going, what's coming up? And if there's conflict, just being with that and tending to that part. Um, most of us are so good at distracting and being like, oh, I got to keep doing, I have to do this. I have to do that. Or like, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to be with it. But I think as you grow with your journey, and I don't know where, you know, you are, other people are listening to this, but it starts to become something that's more normalized. So it doesn't feel like you're putting a lot of effort into getting to know yourself or a lot of effort into being with yourself. It's just a part of who you are. So I also think that if you're in this like aware, conscious state of living, I think it's more of a lifestyle than like a do it once a week. It's kind of like you do it as life happens, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It does make a lot of sense. And I feel like uh, to me, it seems like it depends also what kind of personality you have. Because for me, the biggest growth, because I'm a uh, Enneagram, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Enneagram personality types, uh, but I'm an Enneagram number six that is a loyalist, six wing seven. So for a loyalist and for an enthusiast that is a seven, the biggest part in their life uh, play yeah. friends and family so for me to actually like live a life without my friends and family it's and to actually growth. separate from them that was yeah. the biggest growth and the biggest the biggest let's say connection to myself that I've had because then I wasn't really used to it so it's all about expansion it's expansion beyond what you currently are and who you what you currently believe in and then you can really know all parts of yourself because I of course, I had to go through loneliness. I had to go through, uh, you know, a lot of stuff to separate from everyone. But for me, it was the most healing thing that I could do. But I also see that for some personality types, like five or four, for example, like an observer or an artist that are very withdrawn from the society and from the people and everything, their biggest growth, I, I guess, and also knowing themselves would stem from actually yep. interacting with others because it's easy to not be triggered when you're on your own. Uh, you know, if you have this kind of personality type, you're introverted and you're just like, okay with yourself but then you also don't know all parts of yourself because you're gonna just spend your whole 
day or I don't know, months or your whole life meditating in a cave, sure, you're probably going to be good and you're going to connect to God and the universe and maybe some aliens or whatever. But uh, if you don't go to people and actually discover who you are in relationship to other person too, then you don't fully know all parts of yourself either. So I feel like both of these kind of dynamics are important, spending time with yourself and also spending time with other people because like relationships are going to trigger the shit out of you. And that's the whole point of self-awareness, yeah. right? So if you are in a relationship with someone, whether it's family or friend or whatever, then you can really see who you are and how this person reflects who you are and how it all plays out. But also if you're a person like me, like a people pleaser in the past, you know, I was very dependent on other people to make me happy in a way. So in this case, if someone is like that, then crucial it's crucial to just be on your own for yeah. an extended period of time like i don't know a month let's say and really discover who you are what your desires are what your needs are because then you also like maybe you haven't seen the side of the coin of just me time and uh, focus on self so i feel like both of these dynamics are very important for everyone yeah. really uh, but if we don't want to like if we just want to be in our comfort zone and not change to the other side in a way then we probably should yeah it, <laughs> it really depends on like what you're working on on your journey right so like like you said like if you're someone that is always surrounded by people and you feel the most comfortable with people and the uncomfortable is to be alone and not be with people then I would encourage you to be like okay so what safety are you finding in comfortability with other people because we want to find that safety in yourself when you're not with other people, right? Um, and it's the same thing for someone that is isolating and it's like kind of being on their own. Like it's really uncomfortable for them to put themselves out there to start reaching out to people. It's It really depends on where you are at specifically. Um, because in both situations, right? Like either in the person that is... Um, is going out to people, right? They get to know themselves. Like, what kind of people do I want to be around? What kind of energy do I want to be around? Who is that? And getting focused on that. So that just kind of all comes back to what do I like? What feels good with me? And feel confident in that and feeling that desire. And I'm so glad that you brought up the Enneagram because I also use the Enneagram too. I'm a two and three. So when you talk about people pleaser, I do everything out of the love for other people. And the one thing I had to learn, the biggest thing I had to learn was when I reached out to people, this was something that I learned about the Enneagram that was made me feel a little like selfish. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I was doing that. I was there for people because I was feeling a void for myself. So like if I was there for other people, I wasn't actually addressing what was going on within me. And I had to learn how to not reach out to people to be there for people so that I can actually be with the parts of me that needed me. <laughs> um, and now I'm able to come from a place of love and not for someone's love, right? So I'm not really searching for someone's love. It's coming from a place of like, I have this love capacity for you. But every single person on the Enneagram, like you said, is so different. Um, so I completely understand and every single Enneagram number or personality number necessarily has a core wound, right? So a reason why they're acting the way that they're acting, but as well as an opportunity for growth and a part for them to lean into. So then they can own their number, right? And also expand into other parts of the Enneagram and other parts of their strengths as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, Enneagram is my absolute top one uh, personality typology ever, so I can talk about it for hours. Uh, but about the, because you are two wing three, which is a giver wing achiever. And to those who don't know Enneagram, it's like the wing is the neighboring personality that you also have the traits of. So you have one main personality and then the wing is like your secondary personality in a way. And then the second wing is like your kind of third in a row uh, uh, part, part of you. But I actually spoke to my best friend who is a giver as well. And I asked her literally yesterday, today like what was your biggest kind of thing uh, biggest theme let's say to go through when it comes to the giver personality type um and givers are like people pleasers most most commonly uh the people who are really giving all the time but also just to get uh, like approval or get appreciation or get love uh, and so on of course if they are unhealthy if they are healthy they just they just give unconditionally and it's all love and light. Uh, but she said that for her, it was the biggest uh, thing was guilt, like the biggest emotion that she had to go through. And also this realization that she was giving and she felt so selfless, but actually giving was so selfish because she wanted to get this approval and love. And she felt like a liar. She felt like a liar to herself. It's like, fuck, I thought for my whole life that I'm giving because I care about other people, but I'm actually giving because it's all about yeah. me. And that was like the big and, biggest eye-opener, like, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, exactly. That happened to me like five years ago. And when I had that awareness, I was like, oh my gosh, I had to spend some time with myself and and really start to change that. But I, I, I realized, I was like, oh my God, this whole thing is about me when I thought it was always about everyone else. And I was like, what the heck? Um, but the good thing is, is like when you do work through that, you can now show up for other people, for other people versus for yourself. And that's, there was time that took processing that. So I'm so glad that your friend dove into that. Cause that was also my biggest, like, uh, <laughs> moment of like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Like, do I really do that? And now I know that I really do that. So <laughs> <laughs> but first step is self-awareness right and also yeah. like we shouldn't judge ourselves for no. that because these are just programs just patterns that are coded in our subconscious mind and obviously everyone i i feel like everyone is self-centered in terms of everyone does something that gets them love and approval and people just have different strategies of how to do this so and ultimately we're all one anyway so it yeah, doesn't even no matter <laughs> but uh, yeah it's good to good to have self-awareness yeah, about and, this <laughs> and what i like to teach my clients and what i talk about a lot is like the very first step is like becoming aware of something so like having that awareness and then giving it the acknowledgement right so like feeling into what you just became aware of, like giving it space to be and like learning from it and then like fully accepting it. Right. So like accepting it, loving it, giving it the grace and like fully digesting what's happening. And, and that's okay. Right. There's no, there's no bad with everything that you're learning. It's just a matter of becoming aware of it, acknowledging it, being with it, and then accepting that it's happening and not necessarily attaching anything to it. It's like, right. It's like really practicing like the art of detachment because the more that you can see things from a place of non-attachment, the easier it is to kind of move through things. As humans, that's difficult, right? Because we have so many emotions and feelings and triggers and we're human beings that sometimes we're going to attach a lot of emotion to it. That takes practice, you know? So... Absolutely. And I just want to add to everyone who maybe haven't heard of Enneagram, I will just uh, spell it. It's E-N-N-E-A- 
G R A M. If you want to check it out, there are tests online that you can do. But when you do the test, I really encourage people to look at their teenage years because childhood is when we were programmed with a specific program, specific code on the computer. You, you might say a specific program that is running in our subconscious mind. When we were a teenager, we were playing it out just unconsciously, just you know, however it the program was. Uh, was coded and then when we are adults we are like oh maybe i don't like this trait of mine or i don't like this behavior so we might have shifted a lot of things in ourselves so let's look at our whole life and also especially at our teenage years when we do the test because uh, people sometimes get confused uh, about you know how they should answer the the questions in the test and i i really recommend to do this to everyone who listens because this was such a big self-awareness tool for me and of course maybe not 100 of what is written is going to resonate with you because there are also different levels of health of personality so as we mentioned before unhealthy giver would give conditionally and manipulate with the giving a healthy giver would give unconditionally so that's a completely different story and different personality in and of itself but if you really read it and even 60% or 70% resonates with you, you can always type like Enneagram type six uh, areas of development or limiting beliefs or whatever. And then you can really get to know yourself. And as we were talking about, awareness is the first step to change. So if you have awareness, the conscious mind will have awareness. Oh my God, these are my subconscious stuff that I need to work on. Then the change is already happening just by you knowing yeah. it. So I, I couldn't recommend it enough. So to anyone who listens, I really, really recommend yeah, Enneagram. I do too. It was <laughs> the first tool that for my life that like opened everything up like almost like nine years ago. Like it was a long time ago and I literally it changed my life and I still use it with my clients. So yes, <laughs> please take the Enneagram. I am with you. Me <laughs> I am too. with you. I totally agree. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Amazing. So I have a question, like, how would you explain that this relationship with ourselves affects the relationship with others? Like why? Like, how does it even oh, happen? My goodness. I mean, so you already touched on the fact that like, we are of reflection. We see a reflection within the person in front of us. Right. So everyone is a mirror. That's one thing. But what I've really noticed, and I think, I think this is super important for any relationship and even romantic relationships, even any relationship that you have in your life is when you start to do the work on yourself, you start to see things and see how you're coming from a place of hurt, from old wounding, past trauma. Maybe you're reacting from, you know, your parents and how they rate, how you were raised or past experience, you know, and you have these triggers, right? And once you're able to see that for yourself, at least what I've experienced and a lot of what my clients have experienced is that there starts to become a lot of grace and a lot of love and compassion and understanding that you grow, right? This like love and grace, understanding muscle that you give to yourself. And then in relationship, you can start to give that to other people. So when they're having triggers, when they're not reacting right, or they're having an emotional um, reaction or a response to something that's going on in life, you are able to see them differently because you see yourself, right? Like you can also see, you know, how you've had your pain. So it's really beautiful how it creates this like conscious relationship between two people, especially if the other person is also doing the work because then they can openly express what's going on. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about two people doing the work and being in a relationship. Um, but at least if you are in relationship, you're able to show up for that person with so much more love and understanding and grace because you see how much love and understanding and grace you need for yourself. And there's no more of that, like, this is your fault, pointing fingers, like just kind of like tension in relationships that might have happened. At least if you're 
not aware of what's happening, you could take a lot of that as blame towards yourself. You can blame it towards them. And it just creates an unhealthy interaction between two people. But again, if you have that love and understanding for yourself, you can give that love and understanding to someone else. And that's what we need as humans, right? Most of the art traumas are because we didn't receive that in certain situations. We didn't get that in certain situations. So it was primarily, if we're able to give that to someone else, that is the most healing thing that you can do in relationship or in partnership. Um, So yeah, hope that helps. Amazing. Yes. And I agree with that so much because I realized that even doing the inner work myself and I working with the method called completion process created by Teal Swan, uh, my top one, just number one spiritual mentor uh, for me. And this method is all about like feeling into the feeling and going back to the very first uh, time that this feeling has occurred in your life and then being in your inner child and then coming as an adult, reparenting your inner child and other steps to that as well. And I found that the more work like this I did on myself, the more I was able to see, first of all, my inner child and how it plays out in me. And when these triggers are showing up, it's like, oh, I'm just in my inner child and that's okay. And also other people's inner children, right? When people would get triggered, I don't really see, unless I'm like mega triggered myself, but usually I see them like oh their inner child is like needing something and and they are triggered because they have some unmet needs and you know maybe something happened some trauma happened and then you can really project this perspective as you said of okay this person is hurt this inner child within this uh, person is hurt right now so I'm gonna give it love and compassion so I totally agree and I know from experience that working on myself and my own trauma and my own uh, beliefs and so on brought me so much more compassion and understanding and forgiveness as well because from understanding I feel uh, forgiveness can come as well. And I also um, think that understanding is actually one of the most important things in a relationship to try to understand the other person because then you can really zoom out of your egoic perspective in one body that you have from your perspective, your lens of the world, and then you can zoom out and see the other person's perspective as well. And you can see maybe sometimes even both perspectives simultaneously because if you're in the trigger, your reaction is your reality in the moment. So it's kind of like your true experience, right? But also this trigger might be not even what this other person meant or it just might be our perspective and our projection but then the other person's perspective might be completely different if we can zoom out and just get out of our ego and our singular perspective separated perspective and see more objective truths and even sometimes feel into the other person's perspective and really try to feel them understand them see their perspective and and understand it to the depth Uh, as much as we can, then we can really shift the whole dynamic in the situation that we are in. So I feel like understanding is such an important uh, place, such an important part. So having said that, what do you feel like people could do to understand other people Mm. more? Start asking a lot of questions. (laughs) I think that's what happens. Like um, the very first thing is like just asking questions, like, you know, how come you're acting this way or giving, creating that space? Because what ends up happening, this literally just happened with a client the other day. Um, she was at, at work and a coworker called her entitled and she just closed off. And I asked her, I was like, did you ask what that meant to him? What he meant by you being entitled? But her initial reaction was like, oh no, I'm closed off. Like she was triggered and she didn't have the space or capacity to even understand what he was talking about. And what I would have encouraged you to do is been like, okay, like, can you tell me what entitlement means? Right. Instead of like being like fired at you. Cause a lot of the times 
when people come at you with some kind of reaction, right, whether it is a fire reaction or a closed off reaction, right? So we talk about this in trauma, right? So either you freeze or you flight or fight. So there's like different types of responses to things. If you create a safe enough space to ask questions and to get understanding of like, what do you mean by that? Because what's very interesting is that what someone means could be completely different than what you think it means. Someone's perception is so much different than your perception. Every single person in this world has a different perception based on the way that they were born, where they were born, what they had experienced. So there's not a single person that's going to have the exact perception as you. So the way that you receive it could be completely different than the way that they are communicating it. So this comes down to communication and it's asking deeper questions, but really taking yourself out of like, this is because of you, right? Like seeing the person for their own experience and what they're going on is really going to give you a lot of understanding and a lot of context and don't be afraid to ask questions. That's the biggest thing. And if the person gets triggered by you asking questions, all you have to do is say something as simple as like, I'm not trying to offend you or I'm not trying to investigate anything. I'm just trying to come into more of understanding so that I know how to respond better to the situation. Um, but yeah, my biggest advice would be to ask questions and to gain clarity. So many of us just make assumptions so quickly <laughs> based off what someone has said or someone had reacted and those assumptions could be a trigger or whatever. So the way to create a lot of understanding is by just asking questions and searching for that clarity. And there's nothing wrong with asking questions or for asking clarity. There's, you, you, you know, there's nothing to be embarrassed about or to feel guilty about or be ashamed about to not know what they're feeling either. It's okay to ask those questions. Um, so that would be my biggest, I think is understanding, like you said, is what gives people and gives humans context right? Even when you break up and you want closure, right? You want understanding. You want to know why. <laughs> um, and so it's really important to open up that, that type of communication in a relationship or in your friendships where you do feel comfortable just to ask questions about where they're at, what do they mean, um, and, where, and dig deeper in that so then you can understand where they're really coming from. Yeah. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. I totally agree uh, that asking questions is very, very important. And also just communication, clear communication is important to understand. Uh, and we should really try to, of course, sometimes it's not possible to even find words for how we are feeling because it's a feeling, it's a sensation in our body, but we should try to really clearly communicate and uh, come from the place of peace and love. And then uh, it should be way, way easier for us, but it's not always possible, but at least we should uh, yeah, try. It's just trying. <laughs> it's just trying. I mean, even now when I, I'm in a relationship too with my partner and there's moments where I just like, I freeze up for no reason. I'm like, I, I don't know why that just happened, but I know you just felt me close off. It's not because of you. There's something that's coming up within me. So if you do have the awareness of self, the relationship with self, you're able to even communicate that and say, I can't tell you where this is coming from, but this is happening. And it's not because of you. I'm not trying to say that you hurt me. I'm just telling you that this is happening, my experience. So even that level of communication is, is possible when you start to create that healthy relationship with self. Mm -hmm. Yes, and I do exactly the same. And I feel like I always say like, this has nothing to do with you. Maybe you are the trigger, but it's actually like my childhood trauma. So, you know, I feel now 
all of these emotions, but it really has nothing to do with you. You were just like a, a yeah, yeah, just a trigger, really, just to pull pulling a trigger to a big freaking burst of something. But it has really nothing to do with you. It's just about me and my emotional uh, reaction. So I feel like it also comes to boils down to responsibility yeah. really because you if you can take responsibility for so your own emotions important. for how you feel for your own beliefs for your own thoughts for your everything that is happen happening internally within you then it becomes way easier because you are the creator then you are in the position of okay it is my feeling i can go through it this person might trigger it but it doesn't have to be like i'm blaming them or i'm just shouting at them because it's really it's about us and how we internally feel and everyone could have a different reaction to whatever happens so that's just uh, explains and really shows us that um, everyone is different it's just about our internal reality and our internal map of the world and so on that we react in specific ways um, but I have a one uh, more question before we because uh, we need to finish in a few minutes but I really would love you to share your top tips maybe three to five uh, for developing the very very amazing relationship with mm, yourself top tips okay so um I'm going to preface this as I've grown with my personal development journey, and maybe you can relate to this too. A lot of what I where it originally started was like me reading and having a lot of self-awareness, right? Just like understanding things. The next step for me to like actually feel change and transform was getting out of my head and going into my body. So really feeling something. So I would say the very first tip is, be open to self-awareness, like learn about yourself, like know all parts of yourself, fall in love with all parts of yourself. Like almost like when you are in relationship, right? You want to get to know everything about that person, get to know yourself. What do you like? What don't you like? Why do you react a certain way? Why don't you react a certain way? What makes you sad? What doesn't make you sad? And fall in love with that and own that, right? And fall into like an owning of that because this is, this is you, right? And that gives you the power to step into yourself. The next tip I will say is like, get really, really comfortable with feeling your emotions <laughs> and being with your emotions, right? Our emotions are a guide. Our emotions give us direction. Our emotions give us light into things that we haven't felt. So if you can start to welcome those and just be with those, that's already going to give you so much more body awareness that we didn't have. And then you can actually move the emo emotions through that. The last thing and most importantly for all of these, I would say is learn to give yourself grace, loving, and understanding, especially whether you're starting your personal development journey, your transformation, like early on or later in life, you're going to find times where you start to get, you can get upset with yourself and learning how to give yourself grace is the most valuable <laughs> tool in all situations, whether it's at the beginning of your journey or ongoing, like love and grace and compassion is probably the last most important tip. But those are probably my three biggest tips when it comes to building a really good, healthy relationship with self. Mm, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing those. I resonate with all of them. And especially with this, like feeling your emotions and being okay with them, because I feel like you can only feel safe with yourself fully and safe in your body when you are fully feeling safe feeling anything um, because otherwise what if you, if some emotion that you suppress and you don't want to feel comes up and it can yeah. because at any moment you can feel an emotion because you're a hum human being 
then you're going to feel unsafe with yourself again. So if you can feel safe feeling anything and just being open to feeling every emotion on the spectrum, then you can really feel safe within your own body and with your own your own mind and with your own emotions. And I think that's so important to feel safe with yourself because uh, so many people, I think, struggle with safety, especially, you know, after pandemics and all these things and war and, and stuff. We need to learn how to feel safe within so that we can then create the safety on the outside as well. Because as we said, we live in a mirror hologram. So what we create inside is reflecting in our life on the outside. So if we can really feel safe with ourselves, trust ourselves, follow our own heart, uh, really feel our body, as you said, then we can really um, have a better yeah. life, I guess, <laughs> at least from my my understanding and my perspective. Uh, this I totally is how it agree. Is. <laughs> and, you know, welcoming all emotions, like the ones that are really sad, even anger, like creating a healthy relationship with like anger and rage and sadness or grief, you know, shame, whatever that is, just being able to feel it and feel safe in those is everything. And I will also say if you can learn once you go through those steps and you start to create a really healthy relationship with your body too, it's really amazing when you start to let your body lead from a place of full body yeses and like full body no's because then you really, really start to listen to like what's meant for you, what's in alignment for you and what feels safe to you and what you want in your life. And all of that comes back down to the relationship you have with yourself. So that was so good. Mm, beautiful thank you so so much and so one last little question i have to you and what if someone would like to find you and see your content and contact you what's the best way yeah, to do if this if anyone wants to reach me um you can reach me on instagram it's karenna soto so it's k-a-r-e-n-n-a-s-o-t-o on instagram or you can check out my website which is karenasoto.com um, those would probably be the best ways to reach out to me. And yeah, I mean, even if you have any conver any questions about this, I could talk about this all day long. So thank you so much for bringing me on this. <laughs> I love this conversation. Got to be done. Me too. I could talk about it for ages as well. I just love these kind of topics, but I'm super, super grateful for your energy and everything that you've shared with us. It's been really amazing. And yeah, just sending you so much gratitude yeah, for everything you, you shared. This was awesome. That's amazing. And I'm so excited to, to be a part of the Soul Fam podcast and I'm so excited to see it grow. So thank you for creating this space and this container. Thank you so much, beautiful souls, for listening to us. This has been an amazing conversation. I love talking about relationships and Enneagram and all these things. So oh, it's just been great. If you'd like to find me, I'm The Connection Catalyst on Instagram. Thank you so much again for tuning in and stay tuned to the next episode.